to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Yes, indeed, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Still adjusting my little microphone here. Did you see me, like, have to move back from that, Benny? I didn't have to see you. I heard you. Exactly. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, the show that you all named, by the way. And I'm here with my kick, Mr. Benny Mathers. Say hi. <laughs> that was my kick. That was you his t- kick. I yeah, saw that. Yeah. Oh, you, do you have I a, couldn't make a sound though. It's got, wait, wait. Look, he's there. Look, we go. He's so, I kicked a, and he's still pretty brave because he's like got shorts on. He didn't get. I he, have faith that the I know the rain's gonna lift today. He does the weather, by the way. I do well. more than just the weather. I, I do a little bit of everything. Do the traffic. Uh, got like my new theme song going on there. I know. Huh? I like it That's actually. Snazzy. Thanks I'm surprised to, the station didn't make you change. What are you it. talking about? <laughs> they don't know until they hear it. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, we're already fired up today. For those of you that are, are thinking, oh, I, I heard her earlier this morning. Yeah, you did. You heard me uh, on the Voice America show with Vince Pacente, the age of speed, learning to thrive in a more faster now world. And today we've got two great shows for you. Uh, Joining us at the top end right now, Dr. David Pratt. We're going to be talking about some really cool, fun things. And mainly, the impossible impossible takes longer. The wisest 1,000 things ever said by Nobel Prize laureates. I love this. The wisest 1,000. Oh, my God. I hope you have time for all of that. Uh, David is joining us here today. We're going to be uh, exploring what those things are and much more. The impossible takes longer. And uh, then kicking it up on the 11 o'clock hour, we've got Sue Storm, the angel lady in the house. I hope you have the toll-free number because you're going to have a phenomenal opportunity to connect with angels. And, by the way, I'm also going to be doing something different while sue is connecting you with angels i am going to be uh i am going to be looking at some amazing angel like like language we all need a boost right now but let me just tell you a little bit about david joining us here today Uh, and you're going to get to hear more about him born in england and you know and so he has lots to share about what his experience was like attended oxford harvard received his phd from the university of toronto former teacher Teacher, lecturer, and here joining us today to talk about his obsession. I like it. I'm not the only one that is obsessed. And so the impossible takes longer. The question is, why is that? Or what does that really mean? Joining us here today, uh, David and I will take a look. At a, let's. We're going to take a peek behind door number two, so to speak, and find out exactly what these wisest things are. David, thank you so much for joining the show today. It's a pleasure, Dr. Pat. The wisest things ever said. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask you a little bit about this, but before I do, I want to ask you a question that I ask everyone that I have on the show. I just shared a little bit about who you were and certainly haven't even scratched the surface of what you've accomplished. But the question that I'd love to ask you is, given all of that, all of your studies, all of the things you've done in life, what are some of the challenges and obstacles that you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? 
Um, that's a very good question. I think uh, there have been, uh, been plenty of challenges in my life. Uh, I immigrated from uh, Britain to uh, Canada when I was uh, 21 years old and uh, started new life and a new, new career here, which uh, eventually uh, proved to be very, uh, very, very satisfying. Um, I've had uh, a great many wonderful opportunities and, in a sense, lived a very uh, privileged life. I think uh, some of the Nobel Prize winners, in fact, have commented that uh, there is no better job in the Western world than being a professor at a North American university, and I would second that. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I, and so when we look at when we look at the lives and the challenges we have, uh, you know, how do we move the conversation to the current day and time? And what I mean by that is, you know, all that we learn, everything that we've, you know, come up against in this lifetime. Uh, how does this translate to our ability to learn in times like we have right now? Well, many of the Nobel Prize winners uh, face the same kind of problem, and uh, one of the reasons that I did this book is because they provide not only inspiring words, but also inspiring uh, examples. Uh, for instance, uh, a considerable number of them uh, survived the Holocaust and survived uh, time in uh, Nazi concentration camps. Uh, others went to prison for other reasons. Uh, many of them uh, fought valiantly in the wars of the 20th century. Many of them struggled for many, many years uh, at the laboratory bench without uh, uh, the gratification of being recognized for their discoveries. So uh, as a group of people, they provide wonderful examples of people who've overcome obstacles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, why it's important for us to look at the impossible taking longer and what we can learn from some of these wisest things ever said. <laughs> yes, indeed. The, uh, the uh, quotation from which that comes is uh, uh, in full. The difficult is what takes a little time. The impossible is what takes a little longer. And this is by Fritjof Nansen who certainly knew something about what he was talking about because he was an explorer. He did the first uh, uh, exploration trip across the north of Norway, uh, almost totally on, uh, on skis across glaciers. And later he became a great humanitarian, uh, rescuing refugees. He was the inventor of the Nansen port, uh, passport for stateless uh, people. And he was awarded uh, the Peace Prize uh, for this work. And, and so, you know, what is it that, you know, you're passionate about? I use the word uh, obsession. So tell us a little bit about that for you. Well, I started collecting quotations when I was a kid. And when uh, other people of my age were collecting stamps, I was collecting quotations and putting them on the wall of my bedroom. And uh, then eventually I transferred them to the book, and the book grew and grew. And uh, a few years ago, I noticed, although I had many quotations from famous Nobel Prize winners like Winston Churchill and Rudyard Kipling, uh, there was no anthology of quotations specifically by Nobel Prize winners. And that was the origin of this, uh, this project. As, as you mentioned, uh, those of us who are into collecting quotations often are obsessive. I would say in my case, it's probably an incurable addiction. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. For, for a minute, you know, for many of our listeners uh, and I think people around the globe, um, I think sometimes we can listen to or remember a quote that someone has said and it sort of becomes, what do I want to say, a tagline for our life, so to speak. You know what I mean? 
Yes. And I and I wanted to ask you personally, do you have such a quote? I, I, I can only imagine how difficult that might be because there's probably so many that have been in front of you. Well, I, uh, indeed, and I, I suppose I could say that I have at least 1,000 favorite quotes. But <laughs> uh, to take one or two which are perhaps emblematic for me, Ernest Hemingway, mm-hmm. a man can be destroyed but not defeated. Mm. And uh, along the same lines, Winston Churchill, never give in, never give in, never, 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 in nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. What does that mean to you, David? That is such a powerful, powerful quote. Well, it means you have you have to keep going. If uh, if you're sure that you're acting in accordance with your highest principles then one should proceed without uh, allowing anything as far as it's possible to stand in your way. And, you know, David, I, I think that, um, you know, we, we're looking for heroes right now. I believe we are. And you know, you know why I say that? I mean, look at the TV show Heroes. I mean, there was a certain premise that that show was based on a year ago, before this season. Actually, two, year, two seasons ago. And, you know, it hit television in a way that, boy, I can only remember shows like, you know, Star Trek or, you know, or, or MASH really hitting television and it took sort of you know a a new generation of tv watchers by storm but then they changed it up last season and the television watchers got a little disgruntled if not a lot disgruntled by it and so this year coming back they went back to the original premise of heroes uh whether heroes villain good evil i mean sort of the basics of what we hear about in our day-to-day lives translated and transformed into a television format that's science fiction-like and yet at the same time really calls us to explore the area of heroes. And I guess I wanted to ask you, you know, who do you consider heroes of our modern day time? Well, um, so far 799 people have won the Nobel Prize and I would say about 790 of them are are really could be classified as heroes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but to take one uh, uh, whom we're all familiar with, uh, the youngest, per- youngest Nobel laureate to die, Martin Luther King, assassinated at the age of 39. And here's just one of the quotes I have in the collection. Wow. All of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. When we look at that, that, that quote and, and we bring it back, back, when we bring it forward to current times, I would love for you to expand on that when we come back uh, from the break. Uh, we're talking about the impossible takes, long, takes longer, the wisest 1,000 things ever said by Nobel laureates. We're going to talk about this and why this is such an important conversation to have today on the heels of a vice presidential debate on the heels of some financial difficulties, and on the heels of perhaps, in my opinion, the greatest opportunity for expanded consciousness ever on the planet. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. When we return, uh, we're going to talk about the Nobel Prize laureate quote that makes us laugh the loudest. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The third annual Alive Expo is back in Seattle, Saturday and Sunday, November 8th and 9th. 
It's at the Linwood Convention Center. Enjoy health lectures, fitness demos, sample natural and organic products, get a free massage, and receive tons of free product samples. Admission is just $10 and parking is free. Go green at a live expo November 8th and 9th at the Linwood Convention Center. Half-price admission coupons available at thedrpatshow.com or visit aliveexpo.com. This is one event you won't want to miss. Hey, are you one of those people who need a boost of motivation to lose those extra pounds and inches? Well, here it is. Take the Sugar-Free Miracle Weight Loss Challenge and earn $100 for every 10 pounds you lose. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the amazing Sugar-Free Miracle Diet, which you'll love. It's easy, sustainable, and it stops out-of-control eating. To participate, send me an email at expert at sugarfreemiracle.com. That's expert at sugarfreemiracle.com, and I'll send you the details. Are you thinking that the job market is drying up? Super Supplements, the region's top vitamin and natural products retailer, is extending its reach and is looking for someone to lead the way. Join a team of passionate people committed to health and well-being. Super Supplements is looking for the right fit to develop and run their buying and merchandising department. Know someone for the job? Send them to supersupcareers.com. Must have senior level experience within grocery or supplements and advanced forecasting systems experience. Visit supersupcareers.com. Publicity, anyone? Are you thirsty to learn how to help your business take flight with the power of do-it-yourself publicity? Register now for this October 17th workshop. You'll learn to invite local and national media attention to catapult your product, service, or idea to a higher level of fabulous. Publicity trainer Nancy Jutton and... Get booked on Oprah Expert. Susan Harrow will be your guides for a half day steeped in insider secrets, tea, and all the chocolate you crave. Register now at nancyandsusan.com. Attention homeowners. If you just refinanced or bought your house, did you know you signed a piece of paper agreeing to pay your lender more money in interest than you borrowed? How would you like to cut that interest almost in half or two-thirds without refinancing or making extra payments? Plus have your house paid off in about 10 years, not 30. If this catches your attention, we can help. Find out how much interest you can save on your current mortgage today by visiting debtfreem.com. CA.com or calling 888-252-3083. Your family will be glad you did. Is Egypt calling you? Join Dr. Friedemann Schaub, Danielle Rama Hoffman, and world-renowned harpist Peter Sterling for a sacred sound journey to Egypt, February 2009. Picture yourself meditating to magical harp music inside the Great Pyramid, luxuriating on a Nile cruise, and exploring sacred temples in private visits for travel that expands your consciousness and opens your heart. Call 866-903-6463 or visit EgyptIsCalling.com. Good news, Belgium. We're streamed worldwide at 1150kknw.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. And I'm thrilled to having this conversation with, uh, well, Dr. David Pratt joining us here today. The impossible takes longer. The wisest 1,000 things ever said by Nobel Prize laureates. And for me, what do these sayings mean? How have they become embedded in our minds, in our hearts? And, you know, there's a quirky side of this. I mean, there are some things that, you know, are pretty funny to, to, to really look at. I know Benny will.
will will let everybody know. And I know he's been here with me. I've said some pretty funny things and not even, you know, and it's like, what did you just say? Somehow things just come out of our mouths. And we're hearing a lot about that these days, especially with some of the things that are happening in the media, on television, with the debates, with the candidates. And, you know, joining us here today, David, you know, we're going to talk about let's talk. a lot. I mean, there's got to be some funny things that have been said. Well, yes, indeed. Uh, sometimes deliberately and sometimes uh, accidentally. Um, for example, uh, Winston Churchill said, uh, history will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. And that's exactly what he did. Um, on another occasion, he said, if this is a world of vice and woe, I'll take the vice and you can have the woe. Um, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, president who won the Peace Prize in 1906, when they call the roll in the Senate... The senators do not know whether to answer present or not guilty. There's many of that kind. You know, and, and so how do we look at some of these things that are being said? I mean, you, you know, and are able to take a look and laugh at them. There are also some quotes that, of course, you know, we don't uh, laugh at. How did you how do you pick the quotes? You know what I'm saying? I mean, how do you decide who's in, who's out? <laughs> well, it was actually completely subjective, Dr. Pat. Oh, no um, kidding. Really? Yes, I had, uh, at the time when I put the collection together, I had about 3,500 quotes, uh, all of which I thought were wonderful. And so I winnowed them down with some difficulty to the thousand. And it was simply, my criteria was, uh, which quotations do I find most interesting, insightful, uh, wise, or amusing? So how did you do it randomly? Uh, well, subjectively, essentially. Okay, got it. Uh, I think I got the best, uh, the best thousand out of my collection. Uh-huh. Well, when did you start doing this? I mean, you know, people collect a lot of different things, but there must be some connection, some alignment with what you've done and, and how you've gone about it. Well, uh, yes, I, I've collected quotations for a very long time. I started on, um, I think it took me about three years to put together this collection of quotes by Nobel uh, laureates. Um, and I used two main sources. One was the uh, Nobel E-Museum which is a website which has about 30,000 pages of documentation about the different Nobel laureates. And when I worked through that, I started reading books by and about Nobel laureates. Uh, to this point, I've read something in excess of 1,800 um, books of memoirs, biographies, autobiographies, letters, uh, novels, and so on. Uh, so there's a considerable source out there, and I haven't uh, really even exhausted it yet. So mm -hmm. I can continue to feed my addiction for a little while. <laughs> so do we think that uh, people have overquoted Albert Einstein? Well, he does, he does get more of his share of space in anthologies of, uh, of quotations, that's true. Uh, generally speaking, most um, dictionaries of quotations include Einstein, Churchill, George Bernard Shaw, Rudyard Kipling, and a couple of other. Okay, literature. so i got to ask you the obvious. Where are the women? Well, uh, of course, it, it, there is only a small minority of women who've won Nobel Prizes. Unfortunately, I think it's 39 out of 799. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you what's wrong with that picture. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I did my best to include uh, women as much as I could in the, uh, in the collection. Who's your favorite woman uh, quote? What, what is your favorite uh, quote from a, from a woman? Um... Well, uh, I very much like uh, Wangari Mathai, uh, the uh, Kenyan uh, woman who won the prize essentially for her work in uh, tree planting in uh, Kenya. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah. uh, mm. 
like a seedling with sun, good soil, and abundant rain, the roots of our future will bury themselves in the ground and a canopy of hope will reach into the sky. That is amazing. Yes, she was someone who believed in this strongly enough. She put her life on the line a number of times in pursuit of her work. Uh, Why don't you let our listeners know her name again? And would you you say that again, please, David? Certainly. Uh, Her name was Wangari Mathai. The last name's M-A-A-T-H-A-I. She's Kenyan. And here's the quote again. Like a seedling with sun, good soil, and abundant rain, the roots of our future will bury themselves in the ground and the canopy of hope will reach into the sky. What does that mean to you, David? It means that uh, we need to uh, always try to maintain hope. Um, uh, despair is the only thing which will really inevitably lead to, uh, to defeat. So long as we've got hope, we can continue in pursuit of our goals. Hmm. You know, as we kind of look at the quotes that you've compiled, and certainly some of them are, are you know, are, are funny, others are profound, and, and, you know, then there are a bunch of others in the middle. I, I mean, have there been any, any quotes out there that have basically totally, amazingly messed up, totally screwed up, and people wish, did I really mean to say that? <laughs> Well, yes, there are, and uh, Nobel Prize winners not infallible, for example. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, we are talking about human beings. That's exactly right. Um, Ernest Rutherford, who was one of the pioneers of subatomic theory, said in 1931, anyone who expects a source of power from transformation of the atom is talking moonshine. And that's only 10 years before the first uh, nuclear chain reaction took place. Um Lord Raleigh, the British uh, physicist, said in the 1890s, I have not the smallest molecule of flight of of faith in aerial navigation other than ballooning. (laughs) Ten years before the Wright brothers made the first manned flight. Yeah, it's almost like the, the world is flat, quote. Indeed. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, when we look at some of these things that we say, are there any quotes in, mo- like, let's bring it fast forward to where we are today. There certainly have been sound bites all over the radio, the television, and other places that are shocking people across the globe. Mm-hmm. Shocking them. You, you know, can, what are some of the things that are being said or have been said in, let's say, the past five years that kind of, kind of ma- got your attention? Well, with regard to uh, present events in uh, North America and elsewhere around the world, Uh one which immediately came to mind was Milton Friedman. Uh And he said, if you put the federal government in charge of the Sahara Desert, in five years there'll be a shortage of sand. (laughs) (laughs) I think some members of Congress were thinking that way the other day. Oh, my God. I mean, well, that's when did he make that? When did he make that quote? That's very that interesting. That was quoted in the International Herald Tribune, 1994. So tell our listeners who he is, so folks know. Excuse me, could you repeat the question? Uh, t- tell our listeners who that is. Milton Friedman? Yeah. He, for was, folks uh, that don't he won know. the Nobel Prize for Economics. And, yeah. uh, he was regarded as uh, a market-based uh, economist and was the main uh, inspirer of the Chicago School of Economics. 
So, you know, there are many, many things that are being said. I mean, certainly Saturday Night Live and shows like that and, you know, all of the, uh, the, the um, what do we call them? The uh, so, show, satire. Yeah, satire show. I mean, they, they do an amazing job, you know, of really poking fun. But sometimes the fun that's being poked isn't necessarily reflective of the truth. Uh, and, and in the business that, that you're in, pulling quotes and looking at quotes, do you find that there are some things that are set out of context and while they make really good quotes, don't really reflect what the individual meant? I think there's probably cases of that. Um, although, um, I think, uh, uh, one of the issues is of course, if you're a Nobel prize winner, people will tend to record your every word, whereas the rest of us can get away with saying things which don't get recorded. Um, and, uh, uh, for, for instance, offhand comments by someone like Einstein. Uh, when I was young, I found out that the big toe always ends up making a hole in a sock. Mm-hmm. So I stopped wearing socks. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose that he would. Be- he thought that would become one of his immortal statements. Probably not. Uh, Isaac Bashevis Singer. Whenever I'm in trouble, I pray. And because I'm in trouble all of the time, I pray almost constantly. I think we all do that, so to speak, at some level. In one way or another. In one way or then another. I, I mean, you know, we we look at people that, you know, Peace Prize winners, and, you know, I think most of us are familiar with the winners. Very few of us are for, familiar with the nominees. Um, and have there been any in your recollection that have either won or been nominated where you thought, wait a minute, how did they get there? What? There have certainly been a number uh, who who, um, are um, who have been controversial, Doctor Pat. Um, I'm thinking, for instance, of Yasser Arafat. His uh, his selection was so controversial, two members of the Nobel Committee resigned. Um, Henry Kissinger's was uh, was controversial Mm -hmm. at the time. And then, of course, there's all the people who've been overlooked. And uh, that's what I was going to ask you. I I wanted to know who you think have have been has been overlooked. Well, um, in literature, certainly it was Leo Tolstoy. Mm. He never won the prize. That's right. And he went to a lot of mediocre writers uh, mm. while he was still alive. Mm. And uh, in peace, of course, the notorious case was Gandhi, who was supposed to receive it in 1946. But then a rumor reached the Nobel Committee that he'd uh, renounced his policy of nonviolence uh, over Kashmir. And uh, they thought, we'd better check this out. And they held the prize up. For the following year, and uh, before he could receive it, he was assassinated. Mm. Yeah, that's probably, I think, for me, the one that stands out the most. Indeed. It really is. I mean, it really talks to the whole process of how these decisions are made. Um, You know, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, We certainly have seen that with... Uh, with some of the more recent nominees, some of the more recent folks that have received uh, these, these are absolutely coveted prizes. We're going to take a short break when we come back. When we come back, we're going to talk about whether or not a Peace Prize, does it make sense? Do we pay attention? What does it mean to win the Nobel Peace Prize? And, And more importantly, you know, what are some funny things that David has come across on those that have won and those that have lost? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
Do you have questions about romance, work, or health? Get the answers you need at the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th at the Seattle Center Fisher Pavilion. Saturday, 10 to 7, and Sunday, 11 to 6. For only $12, you can enjoy two days filled with over 80 holistic exhibitors and 60 free lectures ranging from natural health, personal growth, and metaphysical topics. Visit bmse.net for a $2 off coupon or call 541-482-3722 for information. Shop beautiful crystals, purchase quality nutritional supplements, have your future revealed, and much more. From ancient healing traditions to the latest in the holistic world, this Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo will educate and entertain. Dr. Pat will have an all-new lecture at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Come enjoy the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th. Visit bmsc.net. Whether you're female or male and you're feeling just not quite right, your hormones may be out of balance or depleted. For a comprehensive assessment and to discuss the safe and effective bioidentical natural hormone therapy, visit the bioidentical hormone specialist, Dr. Darvish and her staff at Holistique Medical Center in Bellevue. Call 425-451-0404. Visit Holistique at drdarvish.com. That's drdarvish.com. Are you going through a divorce or are you single again? A 24-7 resource center called FreshStartAfterDivorce.com has been created to support you during and after divorce. It's packed with resources, articles, and tips from experts nationwide. As a business personal coach who specializes in divorce and founder of the National Association of Divorce for Women and Children, Joni Winberg's mission is to provide the support and encouragement you need to move your life forward. You don't have to face this challenging time alone. Go to FreshStartAfterDivorce.com. Tune in your radio to hear Carrie O'Connor, master visionary, medium, and clairvoyant, as she uses her amazing psychic gifts to help you step into your divine power and begin to create the life of your dreams. Carrie will read your unique energy field, connecting you with the treasures of your soul, your passions, and your true life purpose. Don't miss Carrie's weekly astounding and energetic predictions. Fasten your seatbelt as you take a wild ride with Carrie O'Connor. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Listen live at thedrpatshow.com. Spiritual empowerment coach and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe to live fuller and more conscious lives. Get your free on-air readings on Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis right here on Alternative Talk 1150 every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader and more. Make your appointment every Wednesday at 3. Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis right here on Alternative Talk 1150. And for more information, check out our website at robinalexis.com. Made fresh each day for you. Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Come let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or umbrellas in the mix. Putting on the ritz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Sometimes we think that people that are in the media, people that are, you know, on the top of somebody's list, the A-list, have all the answers. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But, you know, coming from a grassroots approach to life, I know that people like 
you, people like me, people out there that have been in the trenches that know about life from experience and not from from books necessarily. You know, we have a sense of what it means to create powerful, positive change in the world. And, you know, I'm thrilled that Dr. David Pratt's joining us here today. It, the impossible takes longer. The wisest 1,000 things ever said by Nobel Prize laureates. I mean, these are people that when somebody says Nobel, Nobel, what? You know, you're like, wow, give me an autograph or, or you must have done something incredible or discovered some kind of vaccine or done something amazing. But rarely do we remember, if at all, maybe, maybe with Al Gore we do, that there are real people behind the scenes. And the question is, what, if anything, can we learn uh, from these folks? And, and what has David put together to help us get a side of, uh, of these, these folks that perhaps we have not known about? David, thank you for joining us today. Pleasure, Dr. Pat. Uh, so, you know, I mean, we're talking about a, a couple of things, but I, I would love to hear some of the funny anecdotal stories you might have about people that have won and lost. Yes, in, indeed. Um, well, there's, uh, they both had funny experiences and they said funny things. Um, uh, one of my favorites is about Max Perutz, who won the Nobel for Chemistry in 1962. When he was a young man during World War II, he was asked to invent a floating island of ice which would be strong enough to land bombers on in the middle of the Atlantic. And what he found was that uh, if you mix sawdust with ice, it became as strong as concrete. So they got a block of this stuff to show to the upper brass in Washington, all the generals assembled, and a gung-ho colonel came in the room and drew his sidearm and fired several shots at the block of ice. Didn't do much damage to the reinforced ice, but three of the generals were wounded by the ricochets. And that invention never went into production. So, you know, from from the perspective of what we learn, what are the lessons? Well, he was a good example of uh, perseverance because uh, he was a refugee from uh, Austria under the Nazis, and he got to Britain, and no sooner did he get to Britain, but he got interned there as an enemy alien because he came from Austria and got sent off to prison camp in uh, Canada. And he managed to survive all of this and uh, triumph, uh, do magnificent work in chemistry and get awarded the Nobel Prize. Mm. You know, this this is really an interesting time we live in. I, lo I love this. I said earlier on a show that I did early this morning, I said this is really an enormous opportunity for creativity to shine. Uh, it, 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 it is truly uh, a place where the best of the best can 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 show up and i really believe that uh, i don't really spend a lot of time on so, sort of what the worst of the worst is because i think i've seen in my lifetime how people have come to the table have come to the game and decided to go full out and be there and i wanted to ask you uh, as we look at some of the contemporaries right now, both men and women, and I shared that brief story about Maria Cantwell, uh, you know, d during the break uh, and what it took for her to vote no and the background behind that, her investigation into a new alternative and really taking the time to understand. Some people say that these are acts of courage, you know, right now by it, people like you and me, individuals losing their homes, politicians, you know, spiritual leaders. What do you say, David? Well, I would say that certainly uh, 
we have many examples, fine examples of courage, uh, not only amongst, of course, Nobel Prize winners, but many others of our known leaders. But I think one can also pay tribute to the courage of ordinary men and women in the way they uh, run their families, the way they work for their living, the way they care for their uh, loved ones and live their lives according to uh, their basic principles. This is, this is the kind of courage which is unrecognized widely and unrewarded, but is the basis of uh, our entire society. In, 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 in what you've seen over time, and, you know, I think it's important to back up for a minute and talk a little bit about you, David, because, mm-hmm. you know, there is much that you've seen. And, and based on what you've seen, there are actions that you take today. Where will we find our hope? I think we have to go inside. Uh, that, that's generally my feeling. Um, I don't think uh, if we rely heavily on the outside world for reinforcement, uh, other than our immediate circle of loved ones, then we're likely to be disappointed, as so many people are currently disappointed with the financial world. It's a matter of having uh, the inner strength, I think, of knowing uh, where you stand, uh, what your uh, principles are, and trying to live one's life as far as one can consistently with those principles. You know, and and as we, we kind of look at this and we take a look at, you know, what you've been able to create, and it, it, is there a quote that you wish somebody would make? Well, that's a, that's an excellent question. Um, that was a fun question. Yes, <laughs> I think I'd like to I'd like to see more quotations on this very topic that we're talking about. I think, mm-hmm. which is uh, a matter of uh, following one's uh, one's in, inner voice and inner, inner light. Uh, totally, uh, you, you know. I really think that while I think much of the focus and much of the energy right now in the media is on the dollar sign, there is another group of people. And and this is really what's exciting. You know, I, I heard a long time ago that, you know, things come in contrasts. They come in, in into play sort of at opposite, opposite ends of, of, a, of a continuum, so to speak. You know, in the dark, you shall see the light uh, and, and so forth and so on. And so, the, you know, what I look at right now, David, I want to ask you about this, is that while we're hearing a lot about crisis, there's also... There, is all, there are also emerging stories about courage. And the reason I bring that up is that I don't know in decades if we have seen such a rise in consciousness as we're seeing right now. In your lifetime, what would you say about that? Yes, I think I'd agree with you, Dr. Pat, that uh, times of crisis are times which uh, tend to force people to uh, decide on, on their priorities. Um, one of the things which very much influenced me was that uh, I grew up in wartime Britain mm-hmm. and uh, we got uh, bombed where I was living almost every, na- every night uh, for many months uh, during the years of the Blitz and later uh, from the um, what we call doodlebugs, the uh, flying rockets. And um, in a sense, it gives one uh, a sense of uh, proportion when one emerges from that kind of uh, situation, which to me as a kid was primarily interesting rather than uh, frightening, and you realize that uh, the problems that we have in most of our ordinary peacetime lives are not, in fact, uh, as enormous as they sometimes seem to us at the time. 
you know, all of this, when we put it all together and we kind of look at, you know, there's this, the, the past 10 years, honestly, David, has been a snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about that, the past 10 years in the context of the birth of the earth, um, uh, millions and millions of years, you know, we look at the, the, the snippets sort of of time in our lives. And I was on a call this morning um, with a gentleman, Vince Placente, was talking about the age of speed and how fast we are going and what that means. And he comes from kind of a controversial place. I think, I think he and I pretty much align on this. You know, I think the story of the tortoise and the hare made sense at a certain point in time in our history and and yet people are questioning whether it makes time it makes sense now we are moving so fast technologically uh everything from what we do in a blackberry to how we do radio to whether or not our parents can even address or pay their bills because everything is online seems so ridiculously fast that if you're not at least making forward progress, you're really going to get behind. How does this affect um, the Nobel infrastructure? How does this affect, you know, the, the world? How does this affect modernizing the importance of what people say? Well, I think it was uh, Alvin Toffler who popularized the phrase future shock. Oh, yeah, uh, right was 20 years ago, wasn't it? But uh, Yeah, it was. That, that's a term which really applies uh, at the present day. Yeah, future's here, now. And uh, I myself uh, suffer from some of these problems of advancing technology. I'm, I'm convinced that uh, computers uh, and cell phones are an international conspiracy to make people over 60 feel stupid. Uh, but uh, one, uh, one does the best one can with, uh, with the technology of the time. But, you know, going back to your more basic question, Dr. Pat, um, I think uh, there are people in our society and there are other societies which, despite the pace of life, uh, manage to go at their own speed. Um, I often feel that when I'm in France. Now, France is really very technologically advanced and has made enormous strides in the last 50 years. But uh, people in France seem to still value the importance of, for instance, sitting down uh, to dinner as a family or more typically lunch, having a lunch which lasts uh, two hours. And people in Greece still value the siesta in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, you can get arrested if you uh, play loud music during the siesta on some of the islands. Um, these, uh, these are models which are worth, uh, worth thinking about, I think, because we're accelerating ourselves. And when you ask, what are you speeding towards, then uh, very often uh, there's no clear answer. Well, it's definitely something I think we're all mindful about and we're all looking at. Um, the answer used to be in the past, well, it's okay for me to be the tortoise. It's okay for me to kind of poke along. And I think that idea is is coming under challenge. And the alternative is not run reckless, you know, move reckless, recklessly at the speed of light. That's not the answer either. Indeed. Yeah, and, and there is a ground somewhere in the middle. And I think we've seen this play out in politics here recently. You know, it, 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 and I think this is, this is probably, you know, something that we can chat about when we come back. To see this flag of crisis and urgency get raised. And then to see people say, almost like we do with our children, let's take a time out. Really does talk to the 
race between the tortoise and the hare, but not quite in that same venue. When we return, we'll be, we'll be talking about what is required in today's age. What can each of us learn? What can each of us do? Do we have to be the rabbit? Do we have to be the hare? Or do we have to be the tortoise? Or is there something in between that would benefit us today? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. vibrational healer and psychic Sonia Choquette live in Seattle. Sonia shows you how to claim and follow your intuition. Plus, she'll answer questions and give powerful audience readings. How to accept your intuitive gifts is an all-new lecture. See Sonia Choquette at the Washington State Convention and Trade Center in Seattle on Saturday, October 18th from 10 to 5 p.m. Seats are limited, so call now at 1-800-654-5126 or visit hayhouseevents.com. Do you wish you could trust your instincts more? Do you wish you were able to make decisions by confidently following your inner guidance? Marine St. Germain, a modern-day mystic, road warrior, mom, and former corporate CEO can help. Here's her tip of the week. Believe in yourself first and develop a team of two or three trusted advisors. Don't use this sounding board to whine and tell your story to. Instead, Ask for suggestions and guidance from your trusted advisors. Tiger Woods continued to take lessons from his dad long after winning the U.S. Open. Trust a few advisors and ask for help. Marine St. Germain has the tools and proven successes to help you connect with your highest wisdom. To find your best course of action in all circumstances, check out Marine's tools for transformation, meditation CDs, Akashic record readings, courses, and more. You can find Marine at angleangel.com. That's right, angleangel.com. Hi, I'm Paul McCormick, and you've probably heard me talk on the Dr. Pat Show about how to be wealthy and to be happy all at the same time. Well, guess what? I just wrote a new book called Secrets of the Millionaire Inside, and I want you to have this book so much that here's what I'm doing. During the months of September and October, I'm offering a special promotion on my website where if you go to the stores and buy the book, then I'll give you absolutely free six CDs full of information. Check out my website, formulaformillionaires.com. I really thought that I was the only one who cared about things that matter to me, like the planet, kids, education, peace, and creating a world that works for everyone. Then I found the Center for Spiritual Living, an entire church that thinks and cares about the things I do. And Reverend Dr. Kathy Ann Lewis inspires us to build better lives in a better world. I've found my new spiritual home. Honoring all paths to God, the Center for Spiritual Living is located just east of University Village on Sandpoint Way with three Sunday services. Visit online at spiritualliving.org. The year 2012 and the great shift of the ages. The biggest story ever and the clock's ticking. Tired of all the doomsday predictions? Jack Alice has written a blockbuster novel, Infinity's Flower, showing us a vision of the new world and the vital role we play in creating it. Find out how at www.infinitysflower.com. That's infinitysflower.com. Clear, clean, and crisp. Check us out in digital quality sound on FM 98.9 HD3. Alternative Talk 1150.
everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. You know, there is so much that I think we can all learn from quotes, but it's not it's not everything you know there 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 are quotes that i think each and every one of us relate to and align with and you know joining me today uh, certainly uh dr david pratt has committed you know a lifetime to looking at these quotes what they mean uh and what is what is why do we actually align with them one of the quotes that i want to talk about right now that ties into um you know the conversation today is one a quote by tony Morrison. And, you know, Tony Morrison says, freedom is choosing your responsibility. It's not having no responsibilities. It's choosing the ones you want. And I think that here late, we're starting to see people really choosing responsibilities. Um, I think what's interesting is the American voice of the people in America, their voice is being heard. Uh, I don't think it's that people are paying attention to what they want, but the voice is being heard. And so as we look at the power of our words, David, how important are these words right now to the people on the other end. There are going to be many, many people, and you and I were talking during the break. There is a debate, two debates, at least two tonight. One is the vice presidential debate in this country, and then certainly there's a debate in Canada, right? Yes. And who do we think people will be watching? (laughs) Well, there's no question who Canadians will be watching. (laughs) Uh, Will they be watching the Canadian debate? They'll be watching the American one. There you go. Uh, And... And so the question is, why is that from your perspective? Perspective, Is it the gender issue? Is it the political issue? Or does it have to do with the sound bites? You know, I think it's a number of things, Dr. Pat. Uh, one is that everybody in Canada recognizes that much more hangs on the American election than on the Canadian one. Okay. The second thing is that the Canadian election has become quite predictable. Almost everybody agrees what's going to happen. Whereas the American one is still a bit of a horse race, and so it's got that uh, that that tension of being uh, being as yet uh, an unknown result. How important have sound bites, or now, and sound bites actually turn into quotes? How important have they become for us, especially in both the Canadian, you know, the Canadian platform and the American platform, in terms of uh, elections? I think they've become crucially important, and I think. Uh, the effect has been disastrous. Uh, You know, if you think before radio and television, people had to read the newspapers, and they'd read the entire speeches would be reproduced to politicians. You really got an idea of what somebody was standing for. Uh, Now you have a speechwriter who uh, tries to boil everything down to 10 words or less, and as a result, you get distortions, you get oversimplification, and you get sloganeering. And I don't believe this this helps uh, the truth or the body politic. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in your experience, you've, uh, I want to say you've pretty much heard it all. How do we separate, the, you know, out the truth? How do we tease out the truth? There's certainly no uh, easy formula. Um, I think uh, one of the things which is absolutely necessary to do is try to listen open-mindedly to the different points of view and, uh, and then make one's decision without, uh, without suppression and as far as possible without prejudice. I think there's a quote that you have uh, that that you have, uh, and I'm trying to remember who it, it's by. It's the opposite of a correct statement is a false statement. 
the opposite of profound truth may well be another profound truth. Indeed, that's Niels Bohr, the Niels Danish Bohr, right. physicist. And that mm-hmm. was from 1922. Yes. Interesting, fast forward, that quote becomes almost, uh, moder- it's modernized, it's contemporary. Do quotes such as this one and some of the other statements that other people have made, uh, you know, do they then become a platform for us to try to explain what we believe in and what we value? I think for those of us who believe in progress, they do. Um, because uh, uh, periodically people will frame an idea in a way which is uh, simple but nevertheless true. And that will become a basis for people advancing their own thinking. And uh, this seems to me to be one of the bases of uh, human progress. You know, David, thank you so much for joining us here today and, you know, conversation and, and, and the power of our words. I mean, we talk a lot on the show about the power of our words and, and certainly the words that you have captured um, and have been able to share with us uh, have been historic. And yet at the same time, we do tend to quickly forget why they were made, what they meant at the time. And how relevant they are. I want to thank you for joining us here on the show. What's your personal message for everyone today? I would say with uh, Jimmy Carter, as I'm at this stage of life, it's better to be 70 years young than 40 years old. Oh, yeah. 40 was not a good year for me, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what was up in the skies when I was 40. And And in some respects, actually, it was a very transformative year. I want to thank you, David, for joining us here. Why don't we give folks your website? Yes, it's theimpossibletakeslonger.com. Great www.theimpossibletakeslonger.com is the website. Dr. David Pratt, my very, very, very special guest today. I want to ask you sort of a prediction kind of question. You ready? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to make the next, and I want to say the next wow quote of this year? I suspect it'll be whoever is uh, chosen as uh, the Nobel laureate in literature for this year. (laughs) Any predictions? Well, there's a betting shop in London, and it gives odds on uh, an Italian writer first. (laughs) Okay. And a Syrian second. There you go. Can I leave you with one quote, Dr. Pat? I would love for you to do that. The Dalai Lama. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. I love that. Thank you, David, for joining us here today. It's been a pleasure. It's been great. We've got Sue Storm, the angel lady, coming up. We're opening up the phone lines right at the top. We're going to take your calls. Got something special planned for you today uh, with Sue Storm. Really, really, really ready to crank it up. Not only are we going to you know, talk with uh, her about who's showing up today, but I've got a very special message pulling an angel card for everybody. It is the time to really step up and ask yourselves the question, are you truly angelic yourself in the spirit of the quote that David Pratt just left us with. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.